Hello, and welcome to the Resilient Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly West, and with over 25 years in healthcare and the coaching and wellness space, I know how the stress and overwhelm of life can become our downfall. My hope for this podcast is to bring you real-life strategies and stories of resilience to help you gather the wisdom, strength, and insight that lies within your soul already. Make no mistake, you are here for a reason. Sometimes you just need a guide to help you see that truth. Now let's get to it and transform your burnout to bliss. Hey, hey, alien souls. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about healing from the inside out. Now, I'm not talking about healing through healthy eating, although that is a way to heal from the inside out as well. You know, our bodies that take in all our nutrients and everything that we eat and even breathe or eat and even breathe or put through our bodies definitely has an impact on our health, right? But what I'm talking about is more of our emotional and mental health. Thoughts emotions and embodiment of all that and how these show up in our lives and how we can heal some of that from the inside out. So I think this is an important topic because what I've witnessed in the past year and the past several years really is a higher level burnout amongst healthcare professionals or caregivers, people that have family members, children, elderly parents that they're caring for, and how that anxiety, that burnout, that worry is constantly around us and how that affects us moving forward and how we can kind of heal from that, especially if we're really noticing either higher levels of anxiety, higher levels of depression within ourselves, just not being able to function, you know, kind of brain fog, you know, physical manifestations, and we'll get into all of that. But, you know, if you're noticing that within yourself, you may want to listen to this episode and, you know, just see if you can glean some tips and tools that I'll share about how we can heal from the inside out. So to share a little bit about my story as a nurse, you know, I do coaching on the side and I do this podcast and I love all of that, but I also am a full-time nurse. And so my role though has been a little bit more away from direct patient care the last few years, but it's been more supporting staff throughout the, you know, last few years and certainly this last year during the pandemic. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, it can happen to many of us and it happened to us, whether you're at the bed bedside or not at the bedside, you know, or you're a caregiver taking care of an elderly patient or elderly parent taking care of an elderly parent, you can feel the same kind of overwhelm, the same kind of there's too much going on. And if you know, if you're in it, you know, it's long hours, it's overtime, or even sometimes mandatory overtime. It's it's high levels of worry, high levels of stress, just uncertainty of what's going to happen next, what's the next decision I have to make and decision fatigue and, and, you know, trying to make ongoing decisions. I think that's for me, what was the hardest part of the last year was trying to make high level decisions very rapidly, very frequently on a hour to hour basis. And that can take a toll on our mental and emotional health. And so, you know, I've seen that not only with myself, but also seen it in people who have, you know, like I said, gone through if their own life threatening illness or caring for somebody with a life threatening illness like cancer. My background has been in pediatric cancer. And so having, you know, parents and families and teens and young adults even that, you know, how they are handling such life threatening illness 
illness and what does that do to their emotional and mental well-being. We can have a whole nother discussion on that at another time. But people just trying to, you know, a lot of times we as humans just want to find a way to numb rather than experience our emotions when we have really heavy emotions, maybe even dark emotions or that shadow side of ourselves. And we would rather avoid and just numb rather than getting to the root cause of that and healing themselves, healing ourselves and finding lasting solutions that bring us peace and happiness. And why? Why do we go to that next Netflix binge, you know, or, you know, what's the next wine night I can have with my girls? And or what do I need to do to work harder, do more, push more, be more, you know, we can get caught up in lots of different ways that we numb out and avoid rather than fixing. And I'm not against, you know, an occasional Netflix binge or a occasional girls wine night out. I think that's all social and wonderful and needed as well. But it's when we're doing that on a frequent basis, when we're finding ourselves doing those activities, and we are doing it to sort of avoid feeling we're doing it to avoid and numbing ourselves out. So you know, when we experience any kind of trauma in our lives, and that can be, you know, a wide array of things from a cancer diagnosis, even separation from loved ones for long periods of time, loss of loved ones, all of those kind of things really are traumatic experiences in our lives. And the mind body stores those trauma experiences, and it comes out in our behaviors, in our actions, our self perceptions, and also even physical manifestations. I mean, how many times have you seen either this in your or others where they've been under really high, high levels of stress and they start to get ulcers or IBS or they're having lots of back pain or constant migraines all of a sudden show up. You know, these are physical manifestations that can be very common when we have high levels of ongoing stress. And so when we experience traumatic situations, these memories, these emotions are stored in our subconscious. And what we end up getting is what's called a violation hangover. Violation meaning this emotional or physical or systemic or energetic response. You know, it's kind of that, you know, we've had this traumatic event and we move on from it or quote unquote move on from it thinking that we've dealt with it maybe, but, you know, months or years or even decades later, that's the hangover part. We have still this embodiment, this this cellular embodied reaction that still comes up from the traumatic events that have happened to us. And so they show up in our lives, they show up in our relationships, they show up in our work and our health, all of those kind of things, because it's this emotion that is stored in every cell of our body and really gets stuck in our soul. And everyone's system is different. So we all deal with this very differently and how this shows up for us. But what's also called is we have our our window of tolerance, so which our window of tolerance has been described as a physiological threshold of presence within which you have full access to all levels of your brain function and total nervous system regulations. Wide window of tolerance, a large window of tolerance, you're able to fully access, you know, full brain function and you're able to regulate your nervous system no matter really what comes up in life. When we've had trauma and we've had these experiences, no matter what they look like, 
like, and I'll give some examples, but when you have a lot of trauma stored in your body, this window of tolerance shrinks. And we tend to be more activated than or triggered even in moments that aren't even that threat. And when we have trauma stored in our body, our nervous system's automatic, unconscious, embodied threat meter that runs through, you know, that reptilian brain of ours and our automatic nervous system gets triggered when the window of tolerance is smaller. For example, you know, say you had an experience where you were emotionally abused, you were talked down to, you were criticized really brutally for, you know, overtime, long periods of time, and really just kind of felt taken down. And this was something that regularly happened. Your nervous system takes in that and it gets stored. And so even when you may hear later on, maybe even two years, three years later, you're no longer in that situation and you hear a loud scream that even isn't directed towards you, you jump immediately because your nervous system kicks in. And that's that fight or flight response that may show up. Or you may even have a feeling of a need to hide, to isolate, to, you know, just, just to, to just disassociate and kind of ignore that whole thing. So our bodies all respond to these emotional trauma responses differently. And in order for us to heal from that, there's different different ways we can do that. You know, we can even, you know, do the fight or flight response. Or like I said, we can do the opposite or freeze, fight, flight, or freeze. Freeze is more that deer in the headlights may even go into a depression or a collapse. And sometimes we don't even need to have such huge traumatic response. So that's, you know, like an emotional abuse over long periods of time. Say you are a parent that just got word of your child's cancer diagnosis and you are not knowing, you know, what the outcome is going to be. You're maybe hearing lots of different new terminology you're not hearing great prognosis, you've Googled, you're starting to get a lot, you know, worried and what's going on. All of that trauma, worry, you know, unknowing uncertainty gets stored in your system in the same way. And so even when something completely unrelated down the road, maybe it's 10 years later, and you hear something similar or something startling triggers you, somebody says something startling and triggers you, you may revert back to that exact same feeling you felt when you got your child's diagnosis. So that's what I'm talking about with that emotional embodiment that happens after a trauma or an emotional, how it gets stored in our body. So as we know, mental health issues are on the rise. In fact, in 2020, it was reported that younger adults, minorities, essential workers, and adult caregivers really reported having and experienced disproportionately worse mental health outcomes, increased substance abuse, elevated suicidal ideation, 31% increase in anxiety, 13% start increase in um, either starting or increased substance abuse, 26% increase in trauma or stress-associated incidences, and 11% seriously increase in seriously considering suicide. And a quarter of those were essential workers. So it's definitely a problem amongst many people in our society, but definitely those of us that are caregivers, whether in or outside of the healthcare system. And so there's no doubt also that these mental health issues, specifically anxiety disorders and depression are on the rise. So caregivers of any sort, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a CNA, a physician assistant, nurse practitioner, or those family members, you may have, you know, some of the following symptoms that can lead toward burnout. And sometimes we don't even recognize them because they're a little insidious and can come up on a slow, methodical, over several months kind of thing. So if you're feeling chronically stressed, if you're just feeling empty, 
mentally or emotionally exhausted. You really have no motivation. You don't see any hope or positive change coming. You're really feeling like you're drowning in responsibility. Just overall feel numb, numb to the world, numb to what's going on. You become cynical, can't sleep at night. You start having insomnia or you're sleeping too much, maybe having increase in physical pain or other symptoms, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, chronic headaches, back pain, or just wishing you could disappear. You know, how many of you have you know, I certainly can raise my hand to this and and just feeling like I just wanted to disappear. I just wished like I could just fade out into the ethers and not have to deal with anything in the world because it was too overwhelming. So healing from burnout really requires rehabilitation of our souls because our soul is really what has been just affected by so much overwhelm, too much, too soon, too fast. And that's, you know, trauma can be explained to that in such an easy way, anything that is too much, too soon, too fast. And so all of that energy, emotion can get stuck in our body. And it's that stuck energy that's stored in our system that needs to just find a way to be released. And healing from the inside out is when we can truly connect to our bodies because our bodies are so, so wise. Our bodies, you know, react to everything. That's when, you know, like we all talk about the white coat syndrome. When you walk into a doctor's office, some people will feel completely very nervous about walking into a doctor's office. They get, you know, thoughts of worry, anxiety, what have you, and their blood pressure responds to that. Their blood pressure will increase. And so, you know, it's been, you know, dubbed the white coat syndrome where their blood pressure reacts to their anxiety going into a physician's office. So our bodies are so wise and they really store so much and react completely to our emotional awareness, our emotional being, our energy that's stored in in us. So how do we go about this healing? I believe it really does take a mind-body approach. And when I say mind, I'm not talking about our ego mind because we do have an ego mind that is really self-centered and and always looking out for, you know, protect me, protect me, protect me, which is not always the truth. But I'm talking about our self, the self of the mind, our truly knowing, our intuition, our embodiment, how we show up in the world truly as ourselves, our authentic self is what I'm talking about. And Thoughts and stories that automatically go off in our mind, our mind is a tricky place. And so those thoughts and stories can automatically go off. So thinking about what are you saying to yourself on a regular basis, if you are saying a thought or a story on repeat, and many of them are on repeat for most of us, it's an indication that something's been programmed into your subconscious. So if you are constantly berating yourself or constantly talking down to yourself, constantly having negative thoughts or thoughts about, you know, even harming yourself or, you know, that you just negative thoughts about other people in your life about work or relationships or situations, you know, those can all go in our subconscious. And we have these automatic thoughts that go off all the time and can just play on repeat. And again, anything that any of our thoughts that have a repeat condition where we say them over and over and over again, and we have, you know, well over 60,000 thoughts a day, you know, those same repetitive thoughts, 
thoughts go on and they become beliefs. And so those beliefs are stored energetically in our system after we've said them enough to ourselves, right? But the good news is that these automatic repeated thoughts can be rewired and replaced. We are able through scientific studies and neuroscience has showed us that we are able to rewire and create new neural networks within our brain. So just like anything else, this takes time, but it may not take as much time as you think. Most studies have shown an average of around 60, 67 days to rewire automatic negative thoughts. And that's really what I wanted to share with you today is like a one tip to really begin healing from the inside out is to change those thoughts because we want to learn to remove those negative thoughts and replace them. And it's not about just saying, you know, good thoughts to yourself or positive affirmations. It's truly getting into those neural networks and changing the pattern of thought through your brain. And so we do this by first identifying the thought and then really writing down the thought on paper because there is, you know, proof to really show how writing things down on paper tells our brain, you know, it shows our brain a different story rather than if we just keep thinking it. It's putting it down, making it concrete and putting it on paper. So writing that thought down on paper, whatever that repetitive thought is, is that you notice is going on in your life and then refute the thought. Is this really true? Is there evidence where it may not be true? So refute that. And then how can you replace that thought with a new thought? And that's where it begins building that new neural network in our brain and repeating that, maybe recording that on your phone and playing it every night in the headphones. It can be just even a couple of minutes and just repeating those thoughts over and over, replacing the automatic negative thought that keeps repeating. But I also know that many times as we're doing this rewiring, there's also emotion. So those are the thought part. We have these thoughts that we want to rewire, but how do we also get the emotions? Because as we have thoughts, emotions come up so often tied to these thoughts that we have. And so this emotional embodiment gets also stored in our body and emotions are just energy. It's stored in our tissues and our cells and affects everything in our body. So it's really about learning how can we move this emotional energy through our body? Because sometimes it just gets stuck and we have these traumatic responses, we have these traumatic um, situations, circumstances in our lives, and that emotional energy gets stuck in our bodies. So learning to one, be at peace with the emotions, even really strong emotions, knowing you are okay, you are safe, there's nothing bad or wrong that um, you are doing. You're not doing anything wrong by feeling any of these emotions. You are not going to be harmed by feeling any of the emotions. Our brain, our ego side of us will want to tell us that because it's always trying to protect us. It's always trying to run from that saber-toothed tiger and say, run, run, this is not safe, this doesn't feel good. But you have to learn to practice knowing that that is not true and we can feel these emotions, even strong emotions, and be okay. Sometimes it does take being with a supportive person to help walk you through that and to just hold space for you to know that you are okay when you feel these emotions. Because sometimes they can definitely be pretty strong and pretty overwhelming. And so having somebody be able to do that with you. One of the best modalities that I absolutely love is breath work. And it helps us move that emotional 
energy throughout the body by breathing in a more conscious and patterned way. And so if you suffer from any anxiety, panic, depression, stress, any of these kind of emotions, these are all results of emotions that have been tied up in our body and sometimes blocked. So, you know, those of us that if you feel like you are somebody who deals with anxiety on a regular basis, breathwork is a beautiful, beautiful tool to learn to calm that nervous system down and really regulate the nervous system at a level so that you don't feel that those high levels of anxiety or panic and learning to become present with our bodies. That you know, how we start this is just what feelings and emotions are present. And for some people, this is really, really easy. Some people definitely feeling emotions is not something that they are used to. And so I would just encourage you to give this a try. So the next time you notice yourself feeling anxious or overly stressed, just try to take three to five minutes and place your hand on your heart and one hand on your belly. And then just sit quiet, sit in peace. You can put on some nice music if you'd like and or sit, just sit in the quiet for three to five minutes. And that can seem like a long time. So you may even want to start with 30 seconds to a minute if it's new to you. Hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just notice what you're feeling. Just becoming aware of those feelings. Does your chest feel tight? Do you feel like your throat is being squeezed? Do you feel like a contraction around your body? And then just allow yourself to breathe in slowly. Two, three, four, five, six. And out, exhale. Two, three, four, five, six. And repeating that like four times. And then the same practice. Hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. And now notice what you're feeling. Is the tightness in your chest easing up a little bit? Do you notice a little bit more expansion around you and opening up? Wonderful. I hope you've maybe given that a try or if you're driving, listening to this, try this when you are at a place where you can just sit and just give that a try. Embodiment really is the key. Doing this on a regular practice and whenever you can catch yourself or just setting a timer and doing it every day and just noticing, starting by just noticing what I call feelers, just feeling into your body. What is the emotion that's coming up every day? And the more you practice this, the more you will become attuned to what is happening within your body and how you can then move forward with your breath, whether it's stories that you're telling yourself and, you know, starting that healing from the inside out. Grace is essential for yourself. You know, we don't give ourselves grace enough and we want to push and we want to change and we want to have transformation immediately. Transformation will come, but we also have to have grace and patience with ourselves because healing does take time. Just like all things, it's time well spent. You know, I love the term and I have to always remind this to myself every day is we need to slow down in order to speed up. Sometimes we need to just quiet the mind, quiet the body, sit in that space and just slow ourselves down, slow the world down, slow our mind down, slow our bodies down. And in order to speed up, because then we can think clearer, we can be more present with family, friends, ourselves, and be able to move forward at a better speed. Okay, loves, I hope this was helpful to you to begin to really just understand the mind-body connection to healing from the inside. And if you could do me a huge favor as I'm starting this podcast and download the show if you're finding it helpful, if it's giving you tips and tools, shoot me an email at kellywestonline 
at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or if you'd really like to um, hear something specific on the show. I would love to bring that to you and give me a great review. I love to continue growing this podcast and get it out to more people and getting great reviews definitely will help that. So I thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Love you guys. Until next time, take care.